0: This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, right now in the halls of the White House, they are pacing, they are nervous, they are wondering, will he make it through? Can he do an hour? Can he do, can he read the script without stumbling and bumbling too badly? I mean, that's a a tall task but I think they're finishing, putting the finishing touches right now on the speech. Uh, Joe's had his cookies. He had his cookies. He tweeted it out. We got to see a picture of the cookies as he was writing uh, tonight's um, tonight's monument to gaslighting. That's what we're going to see. I hate the term gaslighting, but it applies so well to what we're going to see and hear tonight. It's just going to be one lie after another. He's going to start by saying the state of the union is strong Nobody believes that, not even Democrats. He's gonna talk about how great the economy is as we look which will fly in the face of all the headlines. I'm just looking at this headline. Washington Post uh, had a headline, I think it was two days ago. It says, Google, Microsoft, Goldman Sachs, all with mass layoffs in January. There's mass layoffs all across the tech industry and the president's gonna stand up and say, the economy is going gangbusters uh, tonight. And and, you know, half the room will stand and cheer and the other half will just shake their head. I think this one thing we have to say about Joe Biden is he will have no problem. He'll do it with a straight face. He'll do it as if he actually believes it. This is gonna require uh, a a touch, uh, this is gonna require lying like nobody, could ever lie, just one lie after another. Talk about how great things are in the economy, on the international front, how good the war in or Ukraine's going, how wonderful things in these United States are, and nobody will believe it. Um, I got a few questions though, uh, before we uh, get into this whole uh, st- preview of the State of the Union. A few questions. He's gonna have guests. We know how this works. It's a big stage production. Trump was really good at it. Trump is, as we know, a showman, but he had, you know, he had guests up there in the balcony with uh, Melania and generally it worked. Most presidents, you know, they can pull it off. They can read the script. They can bring in the right people. Um, tonight, Joe Biden will have his, his guests at the State of the Union. Bono from U2. He will have uh, Tyree Nichols' parents, uh, I, I don't know if he'll be sitting with Al Sharpton or Ben Crump, but his parents will up, be up there. They'll get a big uh, round of applause and he'll talk about gun violence and maybe white supremacy. Cause we know that played a big role in the murder of Tyree Nichols, but here's one that I don't know how this is going to work. He's going to have a man from Newton, New Hampshire, Doug Griffin. I don't believe it's the former Red Sox second baseman, Doug Griffin, who lost his daughter Courtney to a fentanyl overdose. This is from NBC. The Biden administration is working to strengthen federal efforts to combat the opioid epidemic. Huh? I mean, sometimes you just gotta shake your head at the lengths to which the media will go to protect their guy. Um, the, the, the Biden administration's strengthening efforts to curb the opioid epidemic, uh, I'm pretty sure they're the ones who opened the border. I'm pretty sure the fentanyl that killed this poor girl in New Hampshire came over the Southern border. Um, it was a long time ago, she died in 2014, but still, if you're gonna talk about the fentanyl epidemic in this country, if you're gonna talk about the 107,000 people have died of drug overdoses and fentanyl poisoning last year, Joe Biden's going to take a victory lap. He's going to take a bow for curbing fentanyl use, fentanyl, the fentanyl epidemic. That's going to be a tough one, even for Joe to pull off. And I don't, sh- I'm not sure who's going to stand and cheer for that. You think he's going to get the whole room standing and cheering for his ep- efforts to stop fentanyl, <laughs> man, if you could do that, if Joe can do that and, and Joe could sit there and talk about how great the economy is. I mean, he might be a, a better liar than I even imagined, but he'll do what we expect him to do. He'll blame Trump for everything. That's what they do. He'll blame rich people and corporations who don't pay their fair share. He will divide and conquer as he always does divide rich against poor, black against white, uh, gay against straight. It'll be all, it'll be the, uh, an hour long homage to, uh, to dividing People and 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 pitting them against each other. That's what Joe does. That's what t- the Democrats do. We're going to get to to reparations. <laughs> We're going to get to the reparations in uh, in Boston. We're going to have uh, a board, a panel to 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 decide how much how much money white people have to give black people in Boston because slavery. But it's it's a bizarre story, an insane story. But we have to get back to Joe because. We are going to sit here tomorrow and and mock and ridicule him. Everybody is. He's gonna stumble and bumble and it's gonna be so many gaffes. And yet it's and yet and 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 he might he might elude, if not announce, that he's running again, which is going to be so strange. Nobody wants him to run again. Nobody, obviously Republicans don't, but Democrats don't. <laughs> There was a poll. It kind of went under the radar. And it is incredible how, how little support this president has. I'm looking at it right now. It was an AP poll. 37% of Democrats down from 52% in October. So in October, more than half of Democrats wanted to run again. Now it's down to 37. Democrats aged 18 to 44 fewer than one in four Democrats between 18 and 44 want Joe Biden to run again. There's just no stomach for uh, not just four more years of a doddering senile president, but the whole thought of him running last time he could stay in his basement and let the media campaign for him. You can't do that anymore. Even if you're pretending, you know, uh, uh, COVID is still a problem. He can't do that. And I think people look at him, obviously the first two years have been a disaster, but I think they look at him and say, he's not capable of running, let alone governing for four more years, 23%. That was 45% in October. And what they're going to do tonight, what he's going to do tonight is going to boast and brag about all the accomplishments in the last few months, including the midterms. Well, since the midterms, his support, even among Democrats, has fallen off the, <laughs> fallen off a cliff. You can't stand up there, announce you're running again, or just mention whatever, allude to it, and expect people in your own party to be happy to be supportive. It's just the support is just not there. He is already a lame duck, and everyone knows it. when you're when you're a lame duck for two years. That is, uh, that's a tough way to do this job, tough way to govern. But look at those numbers, 23% of 18 to 44 year old Democrats want the man to run again. Of course, and we'll get to this, he still has uh, impeachment insurance, the greatest impeachment insurance a president has ever had. I don't know where, where is this from? Kamala Harris was speaking this week uh, to some group, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't even know what the topic was. this is the this is the uh, I don't I don't say the genius of Kamala, but she can talk forever and you don't even know what she's talking about. She can make a speech that's five, ten minutes long, and there's so so little substance that you don't even know what she's addressing. Here she is, I guess it's uh, she's got the the presidential seal in front of her. Uh, But she's I think that's what that is. I can't even tell. But listen to this just gobbledygook from our incompetent uh, vice president. Tell me you could even imagine. Tell me anyone could even imagine if Joe steps down in the next two years, if Joe is physically, emotionally, mentally, cognitively unable to do the job. This is the backup plan. This is going to be the 47th president, that is frightening. But listen, how long is this cut, Ironhead? Because you're you're not gonna even know, you have no idea what she's talking about. Uh, That's 45 seconds. 45 seconds, and she will not give you a hint as to what the hell she's addressing. Go ahead, play it.
1: Our meeting today includes not only the work that we intend to do going forward, but working together to talk about how we can measure the success we have had thus far and continue to improve on the work we've done. For many who were at the original table, you will know that it has been built into our approach that we will devise metrics and be very clear, and I thank the university and and Michelle for the work that has been happening to help us articulate the metrics by which we will then measure our success in real time, (laughs) not waiting for years down the line, but in real time, measure our success so that we can regroup, analyze where we are, and as necessary, improve our approach.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Is that I have metric, no idea? Devising a metric and improving our approach and doing the work and together we're gonna work. Uh, 45 seconds of nothing. She is just amazing. Um I don't know, I don't know if it's even possible. I think it would have to be a package deal. If Joe can't go. I guess. <laughs> I guess Kevin McCarthy say hello to President McCarthy, because that idea of that woman in the number one job is just frightening. Um, But as we know, nothing matters to Joe Biden, nothing matters to the Biden administration. That would be Barack Obama, Susan Rice, uh, Michelle, uh, maybe Michelle Obama, uh, Dr. Jill. Nothing matters except how many boxes you check. We've gone over this so many times. It is a really close call on who is the worst identity hire, who is the worst... um, uh, uh, box checker of them all, the worst affirmative action hire. Kamala's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, she is really, really bad. But KJP, Corinne Jean Pierre, is so in over her head. And again, I know this is a recurring theme, but hey, she stands up there every day and tops herself. It is astounding to me. This is not, you know, this is not like a constitutional office. This is just a spokesperson. This is just a a PR person. How long do they leave her out there? How long do they let her do this every day? And just the country has this collective cringe on a daily basis. This person is not smart enough, is not articulate enough, is not thoughtful enough. She can't do it. John Kirby, the admiral who has sold his soul for the for the job of uh, whatever spokesman for the for the administration has to move into that uh, number one seat uh, in the press office at some point. I don't know how maybe it'll maybe it'll happen after tonight. Maybe it'll be a a post uh, State of the Union thing. But she is so bad at this. I'm going to miss her. We're all going to miss her. And Kirby is a white man. At least I think last I checked, he's a white heterosexual man. So it's uh, gonna be difficult for Biden to, uh, to make that move, but he just has to. She is so unbelievably, uncomfortably bad at this. This is the worst press secretary ever, the worst PR person ever, the worst public speaker ever. Uh, what was the, the question was, oh, good, good. I, this, we had a couple of cuts from yesterday where she was in rare, I shouldn't say rare form. She was in classic cringe John Pierre form. Playoff form she she was asked with obviously we discussed it yesterday the biden administration lied to the world and said that there were uh, uh chinese spy balloons crossing the country under the uh during the trump administration nobody believes that if if it happened trump didn't know about it cuz we know trump would have shot them down in an instant Uh, even if his generals told him not to, we know that's a lie. Everybody knows that's a lie. People don't believe it. They were just spinning and hoping the media would carry their water. And for the most part, they did. They played along and said, oh, it's not the first time China has done this and taunted a U.S. president. Yeah. As publicly as it was, that's never happened before. The whole country watched as the spy balloon traversed the country from Alaska to South Carolina. And he only... Joe Biden only uh, only greenlit the uh, the shooting uh, after it was out over the Atlantic Ocean. He said he wanted to do it earlier, but Mark Milley told him not to. And as I get as everyone knows, the president's not the boss. It's generally the the guy in joint the head of the Joint Chiefs. That's the guy who makes important calls. Uh, he needed time to warn the Chinese that he was going to do it. So Milley said, "Wait till the weekend." They waited. They shot it out over the ocean. They're now looking at the bottom of the Atlantic for, for the, the remnants. But uh, she was asked, Corinne Jump here, about the lie that they told about Trump, you know, not doing anything about spy balloons. And this answer belongs, they should hang this in the Louvre. This is just performance art from this moron in front of the whole country. They have to, I mean, she's probably a nice person. Don't they have to at some point save her from herself? Just say you can't. We can't do this to her. This is cruel. It's kind of like that judge, uh, that that judge that uh, Biden nominated for the federal bench, and uh, Senator John Kennedy asked her about Article Five, and she had no idea. He's just promoting incompetent people because of skin color or sex or sexual orientation. And it's never been more obvious than, than now <laughs> with Kamala and uh, this dummy and Buddha judge and that judge. I mean, these are just not qualified people. They wouldn't be on the job if not for immutable characteristics. But anyway, let's watch this, listen to this, and uh, just marvel at the just inept, in, 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 incompetence of this person. Go ahead,
2: How is it possible that this administration discovered um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration,
1: but Trump officials didn't know it was happening? Yeah. So, look, I
2: think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how um, uh, the, when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans, uh, trans, trans, transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned, during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the administration administration uh left uh but uh, the intelligence community as i said is prepared to give uh, give uh, briefings to key officials uh but I this is something uh, this is something sorry post yeah. but this is something that we we they did not they were not aware of as as we've just laid out
0: it's like her worst moment yet maybe oh god Did don't you have to show some mercy for I mean, she's a I think she's a mother. I know she's she's gay and her her wife is a former CNN anchor, which another box to check. (laughs) She's got she's married to a a CNN person. Um, But don't you have to at some point say we can't let we can't do this to her anymore. It's cruel. It is cruel what they're doing, putting her out there. Uh, She was asked, by the way, it's it's the question is two minutes long by a New York Times reporter believe it or not, read those poll numbers to her because they're claiming one of the great victories that he's going to boast about tonight is the midterms and how they did better than expected. And they held on to the Senate. And in the New York Times guy reads those numbers and says 23 percent of Democrats uh, want him to run again. And it was down from October, so he might have had a good midterm the, across the country. But I don't think it has much to do with with him, much to do with the uh, with uh, Biden's performance. Uh, but let's get to this. Uh, the, the 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 other guests uh, before we move on. I mentioned Bono and the Nichols family. Paul Pelosi is going to be a featured guest. Does he sit with his wife, or does he sit with David DePape? Do they? Uh, I mean. I mean <laughs> Uh, now Pelosi, I assume when he goes out in public, he usually wears a hat, right? Because he lost like half his skull from that hammer attack. But I'm not sure if they inter- if he introduces Paul Pelosi, what's going to be the you know the hook, the topic? Obviously, with uh, like the Nichols family, it's gun violence. With the, uh, the Doug Griffin from New Hampshire, it's fentanyl. Are you going to talk about violence in the inner cities? Are you going to talk about the decay the the you know the dystopian landscape that is our inner cities and places like San Francisco, is that going to be the topic? Are you just going to say, Hey, it's Paul Pelosi. Go to He's doing okay. Good to see you. Or maybe they don't introduce him at all, but that'll be interesting. And there'll be, I mean, it'll be, there'll be a certain percentage of guests who are black and a certain percentage of women and then gay. And then there'll be, I don't know, probably trans maybe uh, Dylan. What's her name? Dylan. What's his name? Who was absolutely stunning at the, uh, at the Grammys. I don't know if you saw Dylan at the Grammys, but he is looking hot, man, and uh, he he's gets invited to everything, right? He gets invited to, I mean the Grammys, the Oscars, uh the White House. He he had a one-on-one interview with the president. This this guy who's been a woman for what 200 days and uh gets invited to everything. D- Dylan Mulvaney. Mul is it Mulvaney. Or Mul-
1: Mulvaney, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Dylan will be there, I'm sure. And maybe maybe he'll, he'll get a shout-out from the president because it's important to celebrate, you know, women. So you have a guy who's been a woman for 200 days, but dressing like a woman. It's not a woman, but dressing like a woman. Uh, what was but, he at the uh, White House for? I forget what it was. Wasn't it like some sort of a, uh, like... It was some celebrating trans. Uh, men, no, I don't know. Was it women or trans or whatever? There, there is Dylan at the Grammys. How does he get an invite? To, I mean, what's the point of? Because he has a lot of YouTube followers or a, whatever, a Instagram. Or why? What, <laughs> that is incredible. That is somebody's son, somebody's brother, right there. And I'm telling you, he 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 plays the part quite well. Give him credit. I will give him some credit for that. But uh, that will be. We will be cringing. For an hour tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm I, I I like these things anyway. I like State of the Union. You know, they used to be in writing. The president used to write the State of the Union and hand it to Congress. They didn't speak it. Uh, it's all. I think it started. It was a speech. Uh, started with Woodrow Wilson, and then obviously later on became a nationally televised address. But it used to be no big deal. The guy would just write. Out what he thinks the, how the country's doing and hand it to Congress and everyone be like yeah cool move on. Now it's a major Hollywood production with guest stars and uh, canned applause and hoots and howls and this side stands and that side stands. But but it's it's it can be entertaining especially when everybody is uh, waiting and wondering just how badly Biden will stumble and bumble tonight. Can't wait. That's true. You know when you talk about fentanyl and opioids and drugs. Is he going to mention his son? <laughs> Cause, uh, there are people who don't forget the crime bill and, uh, that he, when he was in the Senate, the Clinton crime bill, which put f- hundreds of thousands of people behind bars for drugs, possessing drugs, the kind of drugs his son does on video, on camera, on in photographs over and over and over again, his daughter too. His whole family has had drug problems, but, uh, they're different. They're special. They're Biden's, but, uh, all right. We will be uh, watching and we will be um, giving our full critique of tonight's State of the Union talk. And he'll be babbling about uh, equity and inclusion. And uh, um, I don't know if you saw this. This, this is amazing. I and mean, we talk about equity and inclusion and everything. Everyone's hired. Everyone's appointed uh, under the Biden administration for their immutable characteristics, for their skin color or their sex or their sexual orientation. This is, uh, uh, someone did an analysis of the judges. The 97 confirmed federal judges under Joe Biden in the last two years, five are white men. <laughs> 22 are black women. Female judges make up 66% of those confirmed uh uh, under Joe Biden, compared to 24% under Donald Trump, so 66% of, of the judges uh, confirmed under Biden are women, including uh, what was her name? That dummy that didn't know what Article Five or Article Two was? She's a judge, uh, Charnel Belkengren. That was the uh, the ultimate cringe moment when she couldn't name Article Five or Article Two. A a a judge. A federal judge on the federal bench couldn't do it, but she doesn't have a penis. So she is going to, uh, she's going to be judging people from the federal bench, but right, let's uh, let's move. I want to get to this, this, this reparation story. Cause this, we just, when you think things couldn't get in more insane in this country, now we're talking seriously about reparations for slavery <laughs> Yes, it's it's not kind of like lots of things. It started in San Francisco, but it is going to be sweeping the nation and it's coming to Boston. But uh, first... A recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp or EAA Corp has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative and reasonably priced firearms to the US market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols whether you're looking for a concealed carry revolver, shotgun or competition pistol EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner? No problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says, get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Sometimes you see these stories and you just kind of laugh and you say, that's not real. That can't happen. You said it before we started recording. Ironhead said, why do they do these things? No one believes it'll actually happen. That's the problem, Ironhead. The problem is... Uh, you know, serious people think thoughtful people think this is insane. It can't happen. It shouldn't happen, but it's designed to fool, to give hope to people uh, that they could walk away, that they could be looking at a big check. Uh, Today in Boston, Michelle Wu, our teen mayor is going to name a board, a panel. I'm sorry, a panel. I don't know. Uh, This is from, uh, Fox 25. Michelle Wu on Tuesday will announce the members of its newly formed reparations task force, which aims to study racial inequity and its effects on generations of families. The Boston City Council voted to create this task force at the end of last year. By the way, the Boston City Council is made up of a bunch of nuts, just real radical extremists. The goal is to analyze how it can provide reparations to black people living in Boston who are impacted by the city's role in slavery. Okay, I will save them a little time here. Say I don't. How many people will be on this stage? I, I, I think I should be throwing my name in the hat. Don't you think? I think Maybe, so. I mean, why not? Uh, she'll announce at one thirty today. the The task force will provide its initial findings within twenty four months. See, that's uh, like you were talking about the uh, the idea that it's actually going to happen. I mean, not just yet, but uh, they they're going to study the role that slavery played. And how it impacted people in Boston today? The answer to that is it has no impact on the people in Boston. They, nobody. There are no. There's no slaves, former slaves. There's no former slave owners or slaveholders. There none of our grandparents, none of our parents, none of our grandparents, none of our great grandparents were slaves or slave owners. In fact, most people. I'm going to guess. I don't have the number, but more than half weren't our ancestors weren't even here when slavery was uh, uh practiced or abolished. And you know what they never mention and we have these discussions, and again, they're they're insane. The idea that you're gonna have uh uh descendants of people who weren't slave owners give money to descendants of people who weren't slaves, you know they the you're just going to judge them by their skin color. So in other words, uh, Barack Obama gets reparations, even though he's not a descendant of slaves and you or I have to pay it, even though we're not descendants of slave owners. In fact, I'm a descendant of slaves. If you think about it, I mean, you know, from, from Ireland and I would be, and, and by the way, descendants of people who were systemically, Discriminated against, so my I have to pay because what? Just because I have light skin, and there were slave owners with light skin, but I'm not a descendant of them, so I have to pay Barack Obama, or you know, you have to pay uh, Oprah. <laughs> and you think it couldn't happen, but I think, and, and you're right, you're probably right. But but here's what you underestimate. Here's what lots of people underestimate when they talk about this story. They underestimate just how insane uh, some of these city councilors, these these uh, in in many uh, cities, how, how insane the the politicians are. I mean, they are real radical extremists. You know, they they believe that reparations are are overdue, and they make the case. It might not be an articulate case, but it'll be a passionate case. And they're going to use you know what they're going to use as a model or as a guide, as they come up with a plan for Boston people who weren't descendants of slaves to get money from people who weren't who aren't descendants of slave owners. San Francisco—that's where you know lots of crazy ideas begin. This was just uh, this was recently. This was uh, uh, last month, I believe. San Francisco's just here's what here's the model that the people, the city council or the panel, the reparations panel in Boston is going to use to study this. And by the way, you think the panel will include anybody who thinks this idea is insane, or it will be all people who think it's a good idea. We just have to work out the details. I mean, the whole thing is rigged. Anyway, San Francisco, this is from uh, Fox News. San Francisco's reparations committee has proposed paying each black longtime resident $5 million and granting total debt forgiveness due to the decades of quote systemic repression faced by the local black community. It's almost like, Babylon B stuff, the San Francisco African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, which advises the city on developing a plan for reparations for black residents, released its draft report last month to address reparations, not for slavery, since California was not technically a slave state, but to address, quote, the public policies explicitly created to subjugate black people in San Francisco by upholding and expanding the intent and legacy of chattel slavery. That's just the beginning, 5 million. I think they have 40, 45,000 black residents they are going to get each $5 million. They also get a, the plan also calls on the city to supplement lower income recipients' income to reflect the area median income, 97,000 annually for 250 years. (laughs) They get 5 million bucks, they get 97,000 a year, and this is somehow... Uh, For fairness, for equity. (laughs) To be eligible, the applicant must be 18 years old and have identified as black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. Ooh, still time, Ironhead. You want to identify as American? I think that means you can just say you're you're African-American like, you know, Rachel Dolezal did, or Sean King. Mm, They must also prove at least two of eight additional criteria, choosing from a list that includes born in San Francisco and has proof of residence in San Francisco for at least 13 years. And and it says, and or personally, or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the failed war on drugs. (laughs) So they didn't have slavery. It was not a slave state but if you were incarcerated by the failed war on drugs, you were eligible for 5 million. million. Uh, You think Boston's going to be any more reasonable? You think it's going to make any more sense? This is just nuts. And what it does is it just, it poisons people's minds. I saw a whole uh, hearing on this and all the people supporting it stood up and screamed about how, They've been a victim of of racism and oppression and systemic and white supremacy and they deserve reparations. They never stop and ask themselves from whom? You think the guy paying the money is gonna be the one, the racist, the guy who was suppressing you or just some guy trying to make a living? He's the one who has to pay. And another thing that never gets mentioned when we have this discussion, obviously slavery was an abomination. Everyone agrees, even everybody but you know how it ended? It ended with one of the bloodiest civil wars in the human history. It ended with 618,000 dead, mostly young white males died to end slavery. What about their descendants? So if you're a descendant of someone killed trying to free the slaves, you have to pay somebody who's a descendant of one of the slaves who were freed? The whole thing is so insane. It, it's hard to believe we've reached this point, but this is what our our politicians do. Obviously, this is demagoguery at its worst, but the first thing they have to do is convince black people in their city or in their state or in this country that it's possible, that this is a thing, a real thing, that you could get a check for $5 million. Uh, and then they say, well... Maybe it's not such a bad idea after all, because in theory, everyone agrees. It's nuts. Everyone agrees. It's not fair. It doesn't make any sense. But when it's got, when they come down with a practical plan and tell young black people that you could be looking at a check. And then you have the, obviously the, uh, the race hustlers and the, and the politicians that just do everything uh, view everything along racial lines. They're going to convince young black people that this is possible so then it becomes a movement and they're going to have to, I think it's in Rhode Island too, by the way, they're coming up with a plan in Providence too, another renowned or notorious slave state, Rhode Island. Uh, so there'll be places, crazy, radical left-wing places like San Francisco and, and, and Boston and Providence where they'll have this plan. We're going to pay the... And then what about the people in everywhere, everywhere else? What about the people in down South, actual slave states? They're going to sit there and go, we don't get anything. You're giving 5 million bucks to some guy in San Francisco. It, the whole idea, it's irresponsible. It is wrong. It is reckless. Michelle Wu, you should be ashamed of yourself. The city councils, or they won't be, but you should be ashamed of yourself. You are lying to your constituents just to get them fired up, just to divide your people your voters, your the people, your constituents, along racial lines, to pit them against each other, because there's not a single white person who says, "Gee, let's, I'm ready, let's let's write a check." And there's not a single black person who thinks that uh, he's owed this money because his great 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 grandmother was 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 a slave. That's just that. That's not no one thinks this is a good idea. No one thinks it's good for the country. It is terrible for the country. It's, it is the most divisive thing you could ever come up with. And yet they're, they're, they're moving forward with it. So we'll see how that goes today. I'll see if I get named. I think there's a chance, you know, I'm available. I'm, I'll be in Boston. I'll show up at the meetings you think they'll have snacks, you know, like little, Tray's little place with cookies like Biden had, that look good. Um, you know, I'll show up, I'll make the case that the whole thing is insane and probably get shouted down and kicked out. And they're going to come up with a plan one of these days where you're going to show up to do this show, and it's going to be a five point plan in Boston five million. Maybe they'll tone it down a little and say three million per and uh, you know, whatever annual stipend and this and this. It'll be like, how did we get to this point? How did we? allow this insanity creep into the into the public discourse just just nuts but we'll see how it goes well that panel will be named today all right we got much so much more to get to we already did kamala god we should do it we should do it again <laughs> kamala is so nuts just so just so so bad but uh hey disney i don't know if you saw this one but Disney is, uh, let me find it here. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talk about this a lot when it comes to the NBA and, you know, professional sports and how they bow down LeBron James. We talk about what a fraud he is, how he doesn't, uh, he has no courage when it comes to social, actual social justice and, and social issues and doesn't, you know, does business in China doesn't even mention, you know, the, the Uyghur Muslims or the, Concentration camps, but no one is a bigger China cuck, China stooge than (laughs) Disney. This, I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it just, it would take such a small sliver of courage to do the right thing. But it's just, Disney is such a, such a gutless company. Uh, Dateline Hong Kong, not mainland China, Hong Kong. An episode of The Simpsons that refers to forced labor camps in China has been cut from Disney's streaming service in Hong Kong, where a national security law has raised growing, growing censorship concerns. NBC News confirmed that the episode, One Angry Lisa, was not available in the Hong Kong version of Disney Plus streaming service, but it was not clear when it had been removed. The absence, uh, in one scene of the episode, the character Marge Simpson is in a virtual bike class. Would that be a spin class? Uh, during which the instructor shows images of China's Great Wall and says, behold the wonders of China, Bitcoin mines, forced labor camps where children make smartphones. That's it. <laughs> and they had to pull the episode. It's just, I mean, what would happen if Disney stood up and said, no, that's our show. Where That's our, you, you know, that's That's the show you're going to get. Would there be real backlash? I mean, would, would, would uh, the CCP come down hard on Disney if they left one dumb line in a cartoon? These people are just so pathetic. It's, you know, the only, the only NBA player with any balls is Enos Cantor freedom. And and no one has less courage than LeBron James or Adam Silver or these Disney clowns. DeSantis is going to war in Florida right now. I think, Today, he's trying to take away their, you know, their, uh, their sovereign status in uh, Orlando where they get to, you know, run the place kind of like a a no-go zone in France or something. He's, uh, he's battling DeSantis will take control over the board of special governing district Walt Disney World operates in Florida under a bill introduced Monday as the Republican governor punishes the company over its opposition to the so-called don't say gay law. This is the associated press. The Republican governor punishes the company over its opposition to the don't say gay law, which, I mean, how often do they use the words of actual political activists? It's not a don't say gay law. The word gay isn't in the law. He just doesn't want kindergarten teachers talking about sex with children. And everyone knows it doesn't say, don't say gay, but they use it. That's what the activists use, and the AP would qualify as an activist. Republican leaders in the State House, in coordination with DeSantis, have begun a special legislative session to restructure the Reedy Creek Improvement District as the Disney government is known. Disney has its own government. It did until DeSantis uh, took action, and uh, good for him got a route for DeSantis over Disney. We'll see how that goes. All right, let's get to, uh, oh man, we got some good video here. I want to get to Stephen A with, uh, with Jay Williams, because we talked about this, uh, when I was, uh, when we did the CNN thing, by the way, again, I'm checking every morning. So Don Lemon is not back together with Caitlin Collins. She's on the road. She's on assignment. Those two kids. I don't think they're ever going to get back together. And my solution for their problems was, you know, let them fight, let them go at it. And somehow that's never, even though when people fight, when they actually fight on TV, it goes viral, people are sharing it, people are talking about it, people are watching it. Someone has to explain that to me. While there's not more, while well, there's really no debate show, you know, like a real debate show where people really yell at each other and people, you can really feel the tension. Why isn't that a thing? It used to be on Crossfire. They'd Crossfire for years. Tucker Carlson would fight with, like, Paul Begala. Uh, I guess First Take or whatever Skip Bayless's show with, on, uh, with uh, Shannon Sharp is called, that That would be the closest thing. Undisputed. When they do it, when they fight and it goes viral, everyone says, oh, you know, they're interrupting each other and why are they acting like children? When Bayless and Shannon Sharp had a big fight like a month ago, Everybody was killing him, saying this is childish and they're so immature. And I'm saying, you're watching Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp for once. They're doing something right. And what they're doing right is they're mixing it up. And uh, Stephen and ESPN, occasionally they do it. Although, although Stephen A. wasn't comfortable with Max Kellerman. He wasn't comfortable, so he got rid of Max Kellerman. He gets to bring in, you know, people, his, his hand-picked buddies to do the show. And one of them is Jay Williams, the former uh, uh, Dookie and smart guy, good good uh, debater. And uh, they had a fight. I didn't even understand what it's entirely about. It's about Kyrie Irving, one of their favorite topics. Everyone on ESPN, not everyone, most of them hate him because Kyrie wouldn't get uh, vaccinated. And uh, as we know, the uh, Nets traded him to Dallas and they end up fighting. And it's it tense. Would you agree this is real? I always wonder is it real? Definitely. This is real. It's tense and it works. This is what they should be doing on CNN. This is what they should be doing on any, any show that is struggling. See, I think Fox news used to have more fighting and debating, but they have been very successful. Like Tucker used to bring guests on and fight with him. He had Adam Schiff in studio with him and they were fighting. It was very tense. But, and I know a lot of people won't go on with Tucker. They're afraid they don't want to fight. They don't go on with any Hannity or Laurie or, you know, which I understand they don't want to lose. They don't want to look bad, but, and, and they're, you know, got, like Tucker's ratings are great. So he doesn't have to say, I need to do something. But if your ratings aren't great, if you're Don Lemon, if you're CNN, if you're whatever, Anderson Cooper, you should try, your goal should be this kind of tension, which we get from Stephen A again, I'm not sure exactly what they're talking about, but it gets personal and it gets good. Let's listen.
2: The New York Daily News? No, but it's th- not going to happen. We, we put a different kind of onus on our athletes than we do. And you may mention of that on your podcast. I'm, I don't deny that. Wait, so first off, I'm not the one. You know, I don't deny one, that. I'm being sensitive. I I'm, don't I'm, deny I'm lying, that. But you're the one that seemed very emotional. Oh, my God. And go, it's go, ahead. Massive, Steven, go, right? go ahead, Jay. Come on, man. Go Come ahead, Jay. Come on, man. Go ahead, I'm, Jay. I'm not, I'm not sitting up here on national TV absolving Kyrie Irving of every every decision. I'm not going back and reaccounting every decision. I'm just saying how it's interesting to me. It just carries such a bigger momentum, in particular with you, J- 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 more so J- J- than anything, anybody J- 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 else. Jay, J- well, you know what? What I, would, what? I, what I would ask you is do me a favor. Stop telling us what you find interesting and just tell us what you feel. No, my job you, is you, to you, be you say, you say, I find it interesting. You always say that. You say <laughs> what you're saying. What are you saying? What did I just say? What are you saying? It seem, What am I saying? I just said what I'm saying, Stephen A., which is, and I'm not allowed to say what I find interesting. Of course you are. But like once again, you a I Lalea invite the person, you on the show to say Lalea. what's interesting. He thinks you're too preoccupied with Kyrie, too hard on Kyrie. Did I Bridget bridge Kyrie Irving last week before he demanded a trade? We were talking football. How many times have I mentioned Kyrie Irving over the last few I weeks? I don't seem to. I don't seem to be the one being triggered right now. Well, it's I'm always triggered. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you are not. Okay. I've seen you. <laughs> no, I no, watch no your problem. show every so, day. So, what right, do Are we I talking work about you? Kyrie or is this personal? Now? It seems it's personal. I don't want it to be personal. What seems personal? It seems personal for you. <laughs> for me, with Kyrie? Yes. You are. One million all, percent. You, of all people, with all the interest you have, got the nerve to sit here in national television and tell me I'm getting personal with a player? I don't lose no sleep. I didn't say you lose sleep. I don't sleep. lose any sleep I didn't over time, I'm I'm passionate about the subjects I'm passionate about. I don't accuse you of getting personal when you take the. You position. have accused you say, me of getting personal. Oh my God. You have, All CNA. Right. Can, can I go oh on no. the court? I'm leave. Okay. Why I... is she interrupting? I don't know. She oh probably got someone
1: feet. Yeah, she probably got them... someone in her ear or something, I bet.
0: Oh, I know. I know how that works. Oh, come on, guys. Settle down. What? Settle down. You should be poking them and keep it going. I even like when they do. Yes, she did. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it is childish, but that's. Better TV than calmly taking turns talking about Kyrie. I mean, that's something Stephen A understands. Even though he couldn't handle uh, Max and he's certain people he doesn't want on there. And he says flat out he invites the guests on or the other person on. It's his call. So he wants Jay Williams. But he was this close, you could tell, to really unloading. He said, oh, my God, you're going to accuse me of taking personal? How about you? I said, oh, go one more step. He was about to say, I don't know, you were you know, banging some player's wife or something. I could tell. It was gonna get even nastier. But yeah, you and Kyrie exchanged Christmas cards. Well, what well, yeah, you yeah, yeah, right. You guys are buddies. He's texting you right now. Uh, there was something personal that he was about to unleash and he held back, unfortunately, because uh, that would have been funny. That would have been good. But that so everyone sees that clip today. Everyone passing around, it's all over social media. And they'll show up tomorrow and that won't be the goal to do it again. It'll be, let's just stay calm, guys. I had this fight with my old partner, Dino, many times where he would say, we, we can't talk over each other. And I'd be like, why not? People talk over each other all the time. That's how people communicate. They interrupt. They jump in the conversation. Nobody in the real life takes turns talking. That's just a, a TV or radio thing by people that don't know what they're doing, man, that, that don't... That, don't understand what works uh, and I don't know why they don't try to, if you're a struggling network again, like CNN, that's what you should do. Bring back crossfire. I know Pat, Pat Buchanan or whoever else was on there. I know Tucker's, you know, he's, he's a little tied up, but you could find two people that go at it like they just did. Why not? Like Skip and Shannon who are both just hateable, but you find a way to root for one over the other when they really go at it. But right, that's enough of the fighting. Let's get to some love. Let's get to some love. Let me do Shay. And then we're going to, we're going to hear two famous sports figures. Hell, the most famous sports figures. Uh, Have it, hug it out, cry it out. Love, well, one of them cries it out. (laughs) Brady and Belichick just, uh, I don't think they were in the same room together, but you can feel the love. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea concrete. They got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to ShayConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is... Is pass a drug test? I yesterday. It happened while we were doing the show, but we we talked about it. Brady posting a selfie in his underwear with his hand on his crutch, mm-hmm. and he got killed on social media. I Understand? It was some man's. Was it, it was just person? it was man stuff. Jerry, come on. It was it was man stuff with Edelman and Brady. Is that what it was? Yeah, Gronk. It's three guys, Gronk. Three guys, three right? beefcakes. Somehow they three three what meatheads? Three beefcakes. Beefcakes. So he. I don't even know what the what the uh, impetus was—some bet or some, some challenge—and he posts a f- and he, you know, it's just weird. He's a 45-year-old father of three. He's got a kid in high school, and he's posting a picture of himself in his undies with his hand on his package. Mm. Very strange. And I said this. I tweeted this. He has always been a little strange, and he's gonna, he's going to get stranger as he retires, as he's more bored as he has things to promote, is this this promoting his underwear or something? What was it promoting? Yeah, whatever. promoting his underwear. Underwear. So he's going to be doing this a lot. He's going to be promoting this awful movie. As I predicted, he will make an appearance at the Super Bowl in some form. He has to. He's in a terrible movie with, with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. He's got to promote it. So he'll be everywhere, and he'll be doing stuff like this. So get ready. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. I you know. I like him. Uh he's 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 never done anything in, you know illegal or violent or never done never driven drunk or done drugs or anything. He just does weird stuff occasionally, like this, posting a in a post posting a selfie in his underwear. But I don't know about you but
1: My first with thought Jim was Bray with scratchy was...
0: that they do Monday scratchy. nights. And uh they had a special guest. I wonder if Brady Will do, uh, you know that the the Manning cast where you just watch the game. I guess he can't do that because he's going to actually be doing games. He announced yesterday that he's taking next season off. He's not going to start doing games until twenty twenty four. How is that possible? I thought the deal was done. When you retire, you go in the booth and you make thirty seven million. I guess he doesn't need the money and he has other things to do. But he's going to wait, take a whole year off. It doesn't seem like he's the type. He's always moving. He's always got something going on. I wonder if he'll change his mind and say he'll do some games or have a limited schedule or start in the middle of the season. But I can't imagine he's going to sit an entire season out. But anyway, he had Belichick on his podcast. How come you can't get guests like that, Ironhead? That's a pretty good get. He doesn't want want to talk to his friends. (laughs) <laughs> Belichick was very uh, full of praise, effusive in his praise, as you'd expect of his of the greatest player ever, a guy they won six Super Bowls together with. But as he finishes, and Belichick would never ever tear up. I mean, that just isn't going to happen. But uh, listen to Brady react; he can barely uh, keep it together. Let's listen. We Bill, we got the whole cut from Bill going on and on. Yeah. Yeah. And then Brady's reaction is pretty funny. Go ahead.
1: Well, uh, you know, Tom's had just a tremendous career. Um, It was funny, you know, I was out at the East West game uh, last weekend. And of course, you know, Tom's picture is up there everywhere as a player in the game. And, you know, along with a lot of other Hall of Famers, I think I had like 70 Hall of Famers played in that game or something like that. Uh, But anyway, um, so... You know that's kind of where it all started. You know, Michigan, the Orange Bowl, the East-West game, and and uh, and you know, just the greatest player, the greatest career, uh, the great great person. Uh, it's it such an an opportunity and an honor for me to, you know, to coach Tom. And uh, I, I guess I guess it's got in at some point. Um, you know, but it, it it's the greatest one ever. So, congratulations, Tom. Appreciate it. Tom, what did Bill do to bring out the best in you? I think it's more, what did he not do (laughs) to bring out the best in me? He, uh, you know, everyone always says I was just very lucky. I mean, I think part of it, you know, I came into my uh, career and, got drafted by the Patriots. I always joke, you know, I had no fucking idea where New England was when I got drafted. I mean, I flew into Providence, which really confuses you if you're coming from the West coast. Cause I'm like Boston, Oh, Providence. And, and, uh, you know, it was coach Belichick's first year there. And, you know, we came in together and I always think for so many young players, you know, who's going to be there, anybody could get drafted to a place, who's going to turn you into something, who's going to develop you, who's going to take you under their wing, and sometimes it's a player that does it, and I definitely had a lot of players do that, and obviously, um, I had someone that really saw something in me that, you know, not a lot of other people did, and, you know, the other offensive coach and so forth, but I think Coach Belichick and I developed an amazing
2: he
0: he, kept, he keeps going in and out. He's like. Oh. <laughs> why can't Jim, again, better good as him. Why can't Jim K- Gray stay out of that? Tom Brady was starting to cry and Jim Gray jumps in. I didn't see the video version. Was Brady just in his underwear or was he dressed?
1: <laughs> he was just in a bathrobe. You can see, you can yeah. see though, like, Just Giselle's the one that's losing this divorce for sure. He looks great. You know, that's
0: that's the other thing. He's he's retired. He's single He's got a lot of time on his hands. He's going to do some wacky things and uh, he's going to, he's going to remain. He ain't going away. He is not going away. He's going to remain in the news. He's going to remain out front and uh, it'll be interesting to see just how weird he gets, but that was a nice moment, a nice moment. All right, we got to move. We got to, we got to go here. Uh, Biden is uh, uh, (laughs) sitting down and, you know, working on finishing touches. He's editing the speech. Does, Does anyone I, actually believe Biden contributed one minute no. to writing the speech? No. Does he, he won't even know what half the words mean that are in this speech. No. But again, I wanna, I'm going to be watching for a number of things, the gaffes, the lies, the applause, the crowd, Paul Pelosi's head, but the father from Newton, New Hampshire, who lost his daughter to fentanyl. How is that going to work? How is Joe Biden going to shoehorn that in there? He'll blame Trump, I'm sure, but or blame white supremacy. But this president who opened the border and allowed the fentanyl to pour in is going to say something about solving the the fentanyl epidemic? Good luck. That That's going to be, even for Biden, that's going to be a stretch. But we will see how it goes. Thanks to everyone for uh, listening and commenting. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan, this is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it
1: again
0: tomorrow. Like the show?
1: Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.